Please pray with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our salvation. Amen. Quiz for you this morning. What's a high priest? Hmm. I mean, the second lesson for today from Hebrews talks about Jesus being a high priest. And he bases it on a high priest. What's a high priest? Who's run into a high priest recently? Anybody know what a high priest? Jerry, you can answer. You've been the first. You, you've been, yes, a really tall person, yes. That was this morning's answer, 8 o'clock. What's a high priest? A really tall person. What? An opposite of a low person. Anybody? Now, how many people in this congregation have taken crossways? You're trying not to answer, Jim. Good, good, Jim. Okay. What is a high priest? High priest at the time of the Old Testament was one who was called by God, set apart to intercede between God and man. And actually, there was more to it than that. The high priest was also supposed to be what I call the, what word do I want to use? The intermediary, the... the uh, the one interest. Well, he was an intercessor also, but you see, he had a dual role. His role, even though we didn't have crosses back then, his dual role was between God and man. But if you listen carefully to the description in Hebrews and going back to the Old Testament, he was also the guy that kept peace this way. He was the one that, if you had problems or he saw issues, he would step in between people. Hmm. So he had a dual role. He was called, so he was set apart. Not everybody became a high priest, and in fact, we read in the scriptures, it came out of the family of Aaron and that, that whole process, but they were unique, called by God. Their job was to intercess between God and man, and they was also supposed to keep peace among the people. And you remember... The temple, you remember? I used to, in confirmation class, I used to make them build a temple. Remember what the temple looked like? Anybody remember what the temple looked like? Jim, you can't answer yet. Got your hands covered. That's good. What is the temple? Does anybody remember how the temple was designed? It had an outer court, and then you had the temple in the inside, and the temple itself was divided into two sections. The first section was known as the holy place, and the second section behind the curtain was known as the holy of holy. Oh, good. It's all coming back, isn't it? There we go. We're moving right along. The holy of holies. What was in the holy of holies? Ark of the covenant. The ark of the covenant was in there. And do you remember that the ark of the covenant was kind of designed, there were supposed to be four angels, one on each corner, And what was the center spot between the four angels called? What? (laughs) The spot 
in the middle of the Ark of the Covenant was called the mercy seat. The mercy seat. And what was the job of the high priest? He went and he offered sacrifices at the altar in the courts. He would daily go into the holy place for his own sins and the sins of others. But when did he go into the holy of holies? One day a year. He was allowed to enter the holy of holies. And what did he do in the holy of holies? Sprinkled the blood of the lamb on the mercy seat. The blood of the lamb which represented the sacrifice and the mercy seat. And thus the forgiveness of sins. You got that picture in mind? Now begin to see the picture of why Jesus is called the high priest. The text says to us, Jesus was called, wasn't he? Isn't it saying in the text, how did the, how did the gospel reading say it? It said, today, in the second lesson, it says in there, today you are my son, today I have begotten you. Today you, you shall be a priest forever after the order according to Melchizedek. Oh, there's that funny guy's name. Does anybody know where the name Melchizedek is written in the Bible? Other than here. Now, don't tell me in Hebrews, all right? Oh, you people are really smart. Where else is Melchizedek mentioned? Ah, good, Old Testament. Good, now let's narrow it down. There are only, there are only uh, 66 books in the Old Testament. So let's narrow it down. Genesis, good. Genesis. Melchizedek's name is mentioned in Genesis as a priest and it seems as though he comes from nowhere and he goes nowhere. He just suddenly pops up. And he's a priest forever. We know more, no more about him, no less about him. That's it. Jesus. See, it's important for us to begin to get this concept about who Jesus is to understand what happens and why Jesus is who he is. Way back in the dark ages when I was back at the seminary, we had a class called Christology. You can probably guess what that class was about. And two key Bible passages were the focus of that class. The first lesson for today from Isaiah chapter 53. And guess which other one? Hebrews. The very lesson we read for today. Two key verses, two key passages to remind us and to teach us who Jesus is. Now, take what I said to you about the high priest. Oh, by the way, who was the high priest? He was pretty what? Human? He was no android that dropped in or anything else like that. He was, he was a human. He was chosen by God. Keep that in mind. Now let's look at Jesus. Who was Jesus as a high priest? First of all, he was human. Remember, I talked about it last week. Sometimes we have difficulty with him. We like to talk about him as the son of God, etc. But he was also pretty human, wasn't he? Not pretty human. He was human, wasn't he? So keep that in mind. So 
Now, Jesus is the high priest who's very human. He is human in such ways that he understands us. Last week, we talked about that a little bit, how he understands who we are. Remember the high priest that I gave you the description of a few minutes ago? The high priest's responsibility, one of them was this way, the other one was this way? Did you listen to the gospel reading for today? Did you see how Jesus kind of stepped into an issue? Remember, they got upset because, the, you know, we want, one of us wants to sit at the right hand, and it says the disciples got angry. And who stepped into the picture? The high priest Jesus steps into this picture. Uh And notice what he says, he teaches. And he teaches them in that moment to remind them that we're not supposed to be like the rest of the world. You know, the rest of the world has classes and all the rest of that stuff. The rest of the world has people who tell other people what to do. They have hierarchies, et cetera, et cetera. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, it didn't like that in the kingdom. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus enters as a high priest to bring this level again. And he enters into our lives to remind us again that, you know, the life of the church and the life of God's people isn't about running over each other. It isn't about telling everybody what they're supposed to do, but the life of God's people is to be in service to one another and those who are less fortunate than us. Role of high priest. Oh, another role of high priest. Remember, we talked about it. We just talked about it a couple minutes ago. What did the high priest do once a year? Went into the Holy Holies, and what did he sacrifice in there? The blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb on the altar as a sacrifice, the mercy seat of God. Look what the high priest Jesus Christ did. He didn't sacrifice a lamb. He sacrificed the lamb himself. For you and for me. Some of you remember what happened when Jesus died on the cross? Yes, you do. What happened in the temple? The curtain in the temple which separated what? The curtain in the temple which separated the holy place from the holy of holies was torn in two. And it's also very interesting to notice which direction was it torn in two. From top to bottom. Think about that. You see, when the temple curtain was torn, the ultimate sacrifice of the high priest, Jesus Christ, was complete. The most powerful words for me in the scriptures are Jesus' final words on the cross. What are his last three words he says? Well, yes, the Greek word is, it is completed. 
completed. See, finished doesn't say it well enough for English. It is completed. At that moment, there was no need for any more sacrifices on the mercy seat. The ultimate sacrifice himself, the high priest, shed his blood, and it was done. Begin to see the picture of the high priest? Begin to see the picture of a story of, some, of someone who was called unique, someone who carried out a sacrifice, but not just any sacrifice, the sacrifice of himself. Someone who, well, the scriptures are remind, also remind us that Christ suffered and died once and for all. Remember the high priest in the ancient world had to go in there at least once a year. No more. It's completed. This powerful picture about who Jesus is helps us to understand what Christ has and continues to do for you and for me. It's life. But you see, he understands life because he's been part of life. He knows, as I say over and over again, he understands our frustrations. He understands our pains. He understands what we go through because he's been here. He understands sometimes when we all get all like this because he had to deal with his disciples who got like that. The high priest who knows us and who gave his life for us. So when you come up to the table this morning and you receive the body and blood of Christ, you receive the body and blood of the high priest who gave his life for you and for me. What a powerful message we have. And when he challenges us then, and when he challenges us as he did in the gospel, that we are to live as servants of one another, servants all. Those aren't just words. Those are the words of one who died, rose again to give us life, and who challenges us to live. You have a lesson in what a high priest is today. I hope you don't forget it. And every time you come into church and every time you come up to this table, remember what he did and continues to do for us. Because he loves us, he knows us, and he challenges us as he did his own disciples. And all God's people say, now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, now and forevermore. Amen.